the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Do you do to make yourself a Christian, or do you do because you are a Christian? Let's explore that dynamic here today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Sadly, there are those who will tell us that in order to be a Christian, we have to do things. Meanwhile, Christianity, God's Word, tells us that if we are Christians, we'll do things. It's based upon what's been done to us and not what we do. You see, Christianity functions from within, not from without. Let's explore that dynamic here today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard as we close out the week here on the program. Here's Pastor Phil. The positive aspect of Christianity is love people, love God, love your neighbor, and the Spirit's there to produce it, and you don't need to consult a little code book. Uh, did I steal anything? Well, I shouldn't really cuss them. I really shouldn't be mean to them. You don't need any of that. Just positively love them, and you will exceed all that the law commanded. Because the law were the minimum requirements within a theocratic state a state in which God was king. But now we're in the Christian life. He said the spirit and the word and an attitude that you're under grace, not law. I hope this is making sense. Uh, Save your question to the end or interrupt if it gets foggy in here. Okay, Uh, let's go down here. Being under grace does not mean we are free to sin. And then I just want to give you some terms to understand. Uh, Antinomian, you may read this in literature. It's the word anti and nomos, the word for law in Greek. So he's saying we're not anti-law. And it came to mean we're not saying, yippee, I'm saved. I can live as I please. Uh, If you've got that attitude, you're not saved biblically. Uh, other words, I used to be afraid of eternal security because from where I grew up and the way we perceived it, it was licensed to sin. Oh, I got saved in a Billy Graham crusade, and I've lived like hell ever since, and this is Christianity. Said, folks, I remember, I said, no, no, no. God doesn't keep you in sin. That's not salvation, right? And this is known as antinomianism. I just want to give you another term for the way you've been trying to live, maybe. We're not anti the rules. We're not trying to just throw everything. And so James says, hey, he who knows the law, knows the word, he wants to keep it. It's all over the Bible. We're not anti-right living just because we're under grace. Uh, Easy believism. You may not even run into these terms. There's a big battle that raged for a long time. Easy believism was this kind of thing. Uh, I went forward in an altar call, and I haven't followed God since, but I'm going to heaven. Because I said yes 
maybe in junior church. And it's just this idea, all you got to do is believe and you say. Did you ever believe? Yeah, I did that in junior church. Well, where have you been since? Oh, I've been out in the world 25 years. Uh, Have you ever changed? No. Uh, But I believe. I believe God's there. Uh, That's an easy believism that says faith has no life-changing results. That is anathema. Saving faith can never leave you the way it found you. It changes those who put faith. And to believe is never easy. To believe in God is a supernaturally enabled thing. Only God can make you believe in the quality of faith that saves. So we're not into easy believism. Just, oh, you put you don't even talk about repentance. I just believed at a meeting. I'm saved and I got it. You can't. No, no. Has your faith resulted in works? Good works. No, your faith is worthless. You will perish with such faith. It's not just a little dose of religion, and you go on as you were. Um, And then eternal security versus perseverance. I think you need to know this. uh, That what we really, if I said the language, you wouldn't even know it anymore. What I really think we need to say is when you get saved, we know who's really saved, and this is how we know. All the saved persevere to the end. All the truly saved persevere to the end. Now, I grew up in Pentecostal circles. We believe that. And if you didn't persevere, you said you just lost your salvation. We always believed in perseverance. And if you didn't, you were lost, right? So we were always taught backsliding and and that type thing. This isn't too far from it in this extent that it says, the proof of who knows God is perseverance. Now, take that through. In the easy believism stuff, everybody's just carnal if they're not in church. And we can say, well, they'll they'll be there. Perseverance says you have no right to claim assurance of salvation if you've got a salvation that doesn't enable you to persevere. That's different. Most of us grew up on a lot. The grace people in this church grew up on easy believism because I used to teach it pretty strong that way. But John Calvin and the Reformers, they said the proof of the truly elect is they may fall, they may have diverse temptations, their faith may be weak, they may have moments of lapse, they may sin like a Peter who denied his Lord, But it's the ultimate direction of the life, the ultimate push inside that the sheep may fall down in the hog pen. But because he's a sheep, he will not stay there. He gets up and he keeps pursuing this God who's called him by his name. And if you don't have that in you, I wouldn't claim to be a sheep. You see, there's no policeman in the Christian life to make people live it. And guess what? Many a pastor in many a church, their role is to police all the saints and keep them saved. Check on everybody. Keep them up. Lifting them up. Guess what? He can't keep himself saved. 
God saves, and what God puts in the heart of a child of God is this desire, I may fail, I will confess and get up and try it again. I may be doing this 50 times, but there's something, I'm going to keep at it until I get it. I'm going to get it because I know it. I know it. I'm not looking for an exit. I'm not looking to bail out. If you're looking to bail out, you probably will. And and the way I grew up, we hope we have another revival to get you back at the next revival. And sometimes we needed three revivals a year to keep everybody saved. But we were just trying to get them back. Get them back. But perseverance. Think of yourself this way. I know I'm saved because there's something in me that makes me persevere. No matter the trial, no matter my own failings, I always want to get up and I keep wanting to follow the voice of the shepherd. And every sheep here knows what I'm saying intuitively. Uh, Lordship salvation versus non-lordship. There's a debate on does Christ have to be Lord to be saved? Why, absolutely. No debate. We're the ones, Americans, who divided and made the issue. The idea, can you be saved? And I just don't want him to be Lord in my life. Lord, I, I, I could trust you for salvation, but I don't want you telling me how to live. And you better accept my terms. Could you imagine Paul saying that in Acts 9? Knocked off a donkey, sun brighter than the noonday sun. Now, Lord, don't be telling me how to live. I'm telling you right now, I'm a rabbi. I'll tell the terms. No, Paul, come here. You're going to do exactly what I tell you to do. And I'm going to send you to the Gentiles. And you're going to suffer great things for my name. Do you have that straight? Yes, sir. Jesus is Lord. You don't get a divided Jesus. A little Savior Jesus. And we'll throw in a little Lord if you feel. He's one complete person. And those who know him come under the complete rule of his authority and work in our life. And he'll change you one way or the other. He's got methods. All graces. But you will yell to change Because if he has to squeeze you in a giant fist at the bottom of the Mediterranean, he can get you to cooperate. He's God. He he molds us. So that, yes, we receive a Lord. A lot of us grew up with three-stage kind of salvation. You get saved. We grew up this way. I'm talking about the holiness, Pentecostals I grew up. We got saved. And they were immediately told we need to get the Holy Ghost. Or at least you need the baptism of the Spirit. That gives you power. So we had that out there waiting. Whenever you get it, you got to get it. I don't have it. Okay. So I got to get that. Two, you got to dedicate your body. Give him your body. So I had to get that taken care of. Uh, you got to be willing to go to Africa. You know, well, I mean, we had all these things you had to do after you got saved. And all of this was a test of lordship. No, when you got saved, you start as an infant. You don't even know the will of God. You don't know what he's going to ask you to do. But didn't you, when you accepted him and his death on the cross for you, 
When you believed and trusted him, were you not at the same time saying, become master of my life? Take over. I don't know what your will is. I'm going to have to learn. And you find out later you had the Holy Spirit or you had no strength to live the Christian life. But what happens, we had some great experiences after we're saved. And sometimes we would lift those experiences and say, those are required of everybody. No, when you get saved, you get a complete Christ, complete authority. He's completely Lord. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He's Lord, he's Yeshua, and he's the Messiah. So that you just want to know, don't accept American Christianity that dices him up. And you take what you like, and you throw out what you don't. You accepted God when you accepted Christ. And God doesn't negotiate with us. He sets the terms. He provides the grace. He provides the enablement. Now what he's telling them here to do, the Christian life is this. You start offering the members of your body to God because you voluntarily want to just like you used to offer it to sin. He uses the analogy of slavery. Slavery, when you read the term slavery in these sections, don't think of American slavery. This is Roman slavery, where many of the slaves were the doctors, the teachers, were sometimes hired out to tutor a man's kids. They had been conquered by Rome and brought into Rome. But it wasn't the American kind of slavery that was much, much more brutal and hostile and given the domestic, the field work kind of jobs as we had in Georgia, Mississippi, and that part of our history. Slavery in the Bible many times, even in Exodus 21, you had love slaves that a Hebrew who had sold himself into slavery, when he'd served out his time and was offered his liberty, he would say, no, master, I want to stay with you. I've never had it so good. Could I stay in your house? Could I continue to work for you? Because you've treated me better than anyone in my life. And the master would say, do you mean that? They said, yes. He said, you must go before the public, the city officials. We're going to put your ear up on a piece of wood. We're going to take an awl, and we're going to pierce your ear and put a ring. And that will mean you are a love slave. You don't serve for wages. You serve because you fell in love with me. And the Bible, was it had those analogies. So when it comes here, slavery isn't subjugation of a person. It's a voluntary offering of myself to do someone's will. And he says, guess what? Under grace means you become so overwhelmed with this God that you say, here's my body. Use it for godliness and righteousness like I used to yield it to do sin, iniquity, and all the things I'm ashamed to talk about. And I just made a little chart here for you. Notice that two masters, sin master, I'm not talking about Toastmaster. We're talking about sin and God here. Yield to sin resulted in death. God, obedience leading to righteousness. Two lives. Your old life, you used to be a slave to sin. You presented yourself as slaves to impurity and lawlessness. 
you were slaves of sin, but free from doing the right. What benefit did you get out of it? Nothing but death. Now he's saying new life. You're free from sin. Let me ask you this question. Biblically, is the believer said to still be under the control of sin? Is the believer viewed as still being under the control of sin? Does sin reign over the believer according to Romans 6 through 8? You're right. Slave to righteousness is our new life. We present ourselves as slaves to God's righteousness and holiness. We're free from sin. We're enslaved to God. Our benefits are holiness now, eternal life even forever. And he winds up, sin, when you yielded to sin, its wages was death. You yield to God, you reap eternal life. And so he's saying you've got to serve someone, and it's going to be sin, it's going to be God, and you make that choice. But over here we were enslaved by Satan and sin, And he's just saying, you're under grace now. You're now free to offer your members unto this risen Christ. And then he gives this beautiful illustration that as not being under the law, he goes into a marriage relationship, and he says that uh, we were, he gives the illustration, the first three verses, about the only way the woman can be freed from her husband is for him to die. Okay, now notice here have this charted for you. First husband dies. That means the married woman's free. She's free to remarry and belong to another. Okay, we understand that. Death can terminate a marriage, free a woman to remarry without any law penalty, without being considered a bad person. Now the application is this though. You and I were once under the law, as it were, And we, the believer, died. We died with Christ. So we ended all obligations to the law. A dead man can't keep the law. Right? But in the mind of God, when he joined us to Christ, he resurrected us. We were given new life. And now we've been joined to Jesus Christ as in a marriage that we might bear his fruit. This is the most intimate picture in the New Testament of how God bears his fruit. John 15, he uses the vine and the branches. Here, he says, you bear fruit in a marriage relationship. That's called uh, intimacy. You don't have babies without yielding your body. Procreation takes place in the midst of ideally of a love commitment that the members of the body become available to give birth to a child. And so we look at the child as a love child. The child is an expression of our love. And this is the very language he's saying, you have been joined to another, not the law. You die with Christ and all obligations to legal obedience. You've now been joined to Christ. What's your only obligation? Here I am. Take all of me. 
Why not take all of me? Can you do that? It's active passivity. I'm actively presenting myself to the bridegroom. Would you bear your fruit through me? And how could you have a child through me? You stay in love with me so that I get your body and I'll bear my fruit through you. You can only be fruitful in the Christian life if you stay in the arms of Jesus and stay in love with him. He'll have no children with the bride that doesn't love him. He bears no fruit from those who aren't available. And we've all had those little spouts and those little spats and those little, Lord, I'm a little mad. I'm not available, all right? Whatever. And you had those times, no fruit, no fruit, just misery. And you know when you repented and got right what you did biblically? Jesus said, you got back into my arms. You're available again, huh? Yeah, I am. What were, you, what were you bearing when you weren't available? Uh, I was in a wasteland. I, I didn't bear any fruit. And you come back, and it says active passivity. Here I am. I'm available. I can't have the baby without you, Jesus, but I'm available. I can't bear your fruit. I cannot express your life unless you work on my life. But I'm here I am an available bride. I don't bow at the law of Moses. I'm in one greater than Moses. I bow to Messiah. He's the risen head of the church, the king of Israel. So this is the Christian life. The Christian life is every day you start out by saying, Here I am, Jesus. Bear your fruit through me. I want to know you. I want to be close to you. You know, you could be married and not be close. I know married people, they sleep in separate bedrooms. They, uh, they eat at the table while one reads the newspaper, the other. It's just easier, it's economically feasible to stay together. A lot of common law marriages for people on Social Security. They move in with each other for economics. But that's not what God designed marriage to be. He designed it to be maybe the most intimate human relationship you can have based on love, based upon mutual availability, mutual partnership. I don't know if you're getting the feeling. Maybe I'm missing it. This is the Christian life. It's all stuff of the heart. And and that's why when people come to church, they say, well, how many rules do you have to keep in this church? How many hoops do you have to jump? How many things do you... Wait, wait, wait. I mean, Carolyn, Carolyn, you know, I, I, I want to get married to you. How many rules do I have to keep? And, man, she has only one rule. Give me all the money. <laughs> you know. You know, years ago I told her, all a man needs in a marriage is three things. Good meals clean house, and all the loving he can stand. And she just heard that. She says, how about two out of three? (laughs) So if I come home and the house is clean and the dinner's on, forget everything else. (laughs) I've been praying for a dirty house. I've been praying for no meal. 
See, how about two out of three? Well, but this God, all he wants is you. Is you. And it's so simple. We've so screwed it up, messed it up, loaded up the church that people are so confused, they think it's a whole lot of doing and it's just a whole lot of loving God. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to His knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call. 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Prayerfully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855 833-9864 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue Suite 278 Hercules, California The zip code is 94547 And that website once again truthfortodayradio.org It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.